Welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast, where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in Scripture. Well, welcome back yet again to another Light Bears podcast. We are in the spring semester of our systematic theology year and finishing up kind of a, a three-week look at sanctification. And so if you if you followed along in these podcasts, we, we looked at the, the greater uh, picture of what sanctification is, uh, the heart of that, the Lord's role in that, and our role in that as well. Uh, we talked about uh, spiritual disciplines. What, what are the, the actions and what does a disciple do as far as spiritual disciplines? And then today we're going to get even more succinct and talk about a disciple uh, and really disciple making and, and how to do that. What's the function of a disciple uh, and, and get, to get a little practical with some discipleship making. And to help us do that, we have our very own Joe Evans, who's the property director. He's going to give us some wisdom and insight into uh, disciple making. So, Joe, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brad. So, Joe, uh, tell us, and, and this is kind of what you started last night uh, as we talked at our institute class. What is a disciple? We, we hear this word tossed around a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, disciples of this or disciples of this. But when we, when we look at a disciple of Jesus, what, what is a disciple? It's a good question, Brett. What is a disciple? We, we typically think of following Jesus, and, and very simply put, that's what it means. But there's a number of people who would say they would follow Jesus, uh, and Jesus himself knows that. And I think that's why we see him uh, say to the crowd, say to those who are following uh, certain things, things like, uh, if you would come after me, let him deny himself. These if clauses, if you want to follow me, you have to do this. So we talked about a couple of those things last night, and particularly in Matthew 16, we saw that Jesus said we must die to ourselves if we're to follow Jesus. Uh, he talks about in Luke that we must uh, count the costs and renounce all if we're going to follow Jesus. So there's something that we have to give up, namely our lives and all of it, to follow Jesus. He's wanting every bit of us as we begin to follow him. So what? Uh, and I love that you expanded on this um, and you talked about Matthew 28. I know a lot of us, when we think about disciples or disciple making, we go to the Great Commission and, and mm-hmm. rightfully so, that's, that's a great place to start. But of course, we don't have a whiteboard in here and those listening can't, can't see this. But you, uh, you did a great job of kind of breaking some of that down as far as really the emphasis in that passage. And so kind of elaborate as best you can uh, with words and with, without a whiteboard. Yeah. Uh, unpack that passage for us a little bit and, and kind of pull out some of the, the goodness of that and, and why that's so beneficial for us as, as believers and as disciples to understand. Yeah, we often think of uh, the why. Why are we doing this? Um, in Matthew 20, uh, 28, 18 through 20 really tell us what that is. At the beginning of that passage and at the end of it, we see Jesus say that all authority is mine. It, it's been given to me. And at the end of that, he says, behold, I'm with you always. So it's, it's kind of Jesus w- with a hand on each side. I'm asking you to do this. I'm, I'm actually calling you to do this. You're required to do this. But guess what? I'm with you. I'm going to help you. I have all the authority to do that. And inside that, we see um, make disciples, go teach, baptize. And oftentimes, back in my college days, go was the emphasis. Right. But if you start looking deeper into the, the Greek and the way it's uh, broken up, make disciples is the actual verb. 
going, teaching, and baptizing are, are really those things that are are describing what we're doing. Describing how we, we're making. Exactly. How, we, how we're to make disciples by going, teaching, and baptizing. So if, if the emphasis is on the word make, and, and I love that, I think that's helpful. I mean, you asked a question last night for those listening. When you think of uh, you know, that Great Commission, what's the word that, that plays the most emphasis? And I think most students said go, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, which is, this is the beauty of, of scripture and understanding and even looking at Latin Greek, but, but it's, that, it's that, that emphasis on make. Right. And so then what is, biblically, and give us a, a definition what is disciple-making? What does that entail? What does that look like? Well, just looking at, at what Mark Dever has said in his uh, little book uh, by Nine Marks, um, Discipling, he gives the definition, biblical discipling is helping others to follow Jesus by doing spiritual good to them. Very simple, uh, very broad, but gets to the point. We're helping others follow Jesus by doing spiritual good to them. Yeah. I mean, you've been, you've been a pastor, you've been on Lightbearer staff. What is that practically when, when you say uh, um, helping do spiritual good to others? Elaborate on that. What, what does that look like on a Tuesday mm-hmm. or uh, as a believer? How do we do spiritual good to, to others or to those we're in community with and fellowship with or, or those we're discipling? We think about just what we do with our own families, uh, with maybe our spouse or with our children. When we sit down at a dinner table and open up the Word, that's doing spiritual good by reading the word together. It's beautiful if you're able to memorize scripture. But if we, if we take that and put it into a, a light bearer's context, what does that look like when our house leader is leading a Bible study within their home to their housemates? You know, that's doing spiritual good. Or even it's just the, um, asking a question, Brett, how are you doing today? And then having the willingness to listen. It's like if you say, I'm, I'm having a a pretty bad day. Well, why is that, Brett? What's going on? What's uh, what's happening in your life that you're having a bad day? We ask those questions that that really draw out those internal things that that maybe you're processing, but you you need someone to process with you. That's that's doing spiritual good. Yeah, you mentioned and, and to cut you off real quick, you, you mentioned and I love this last night. You said if if you do not know how to listen, uh, you, you're not going to be able to have a spiritual conversation. That that that's you put a, an emphasis almost on. Hey, when we're in discipleship, uh, in a subject community in church, or uh, discipling someone else, asking questions is important. That, that's a great way to mm-hmm. speak truth, but also just to have that dialogue. And so anyway, I know I cut you off there, but... No, I think that's that's right. Um, we miss, I think, a lot of opportunities to do spiritual good to others just because we're not listening. We get the casual, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And we keep walking. But if we're intentional, we're deliberate, uh, we can ask those questions and then wait and listen. And then depending on how they, they answer, we can uh, ask probing questions. We can come alongside them and offer a scripture. We can put our hands on them and say, hey, brother, I love you. Hey, can I pray for you? Uh, all those things. But if we, if we don't listen, we don't really know how to, to take the next step. So we've had this, this kind of this three week of building up to this point of sanctification and, and spiritual disciplines and now disciple making. So that's if using that Dever quote, which, which I love is, is it's doing spiritual good to others. This is what disciple making is. Then, then to kind of press on that and push that a little further. Uh, what's the end goal? Uh, when we talk about making disciples, what's the end goal that uh, we as believers are after and that, that the church is after what's the end goal of disciple making? 
The end goal of disciple making is that disciples would look like Christ. They, they would be presented as mature in Christ. But also disciples are to make disciples. So that's the two things I pointed out last night, that the end goal of, of us as we begin to disciple others, as we enter this mentoring relationship, we have to have those things in view. Uh, and it's a, it's a big view. It's a, a, a tall order. But we see through Scripture, uh, Ephesians 4, as, as these men are given to equip the, the saints for the work of ministry, the building up the body of Christ, so that all may be presented mature in Christ is, is really the picture there. That's what we're working towards. It's not that we disciple them to look like us, although that happens inadvertently, because we we offer them what we know, what we've learned from someone else, what we've learned in Scripture. So that may be a part of it, but ultimately they're they're to look like Christ. And we want them to take that that mandate, as we talked about, the why, the duty that that is to obey Christ from Matthew 28 and go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. I loved... um... I know not every light bear student thinks this way, but I'll, I'll kind of speak in a broad statement. But a lot of them think when we say uh, discipleship, they think it's a it's somebody older, which is a piece of it, and, and it's like a coffee shop setting. It's mm-hmm. it's your Bible open, uh, you're sitting across, and, and you're having spiritual conversation. Maybe you're sitting there, and, and you know you're asking questions about marriage, your life, or and, and uh, granted, this is a piece of discipleship. But I loved how this idea of discipling as a whole of, yes, you have that one-on-one, mm-hmm. but you've got, you know, uh, multiple people. We talked about this osmosis type discipleship of, right. and you and I do this on, on a Monday when we as a staff sit and, and we're going through Romans and we're encouraging each other with the word and we're praying for one another that this is a form of discipleship. So speak on that a little bit of, of I think when we think of discipleship, yes, it's a, this is a piece of it when it's one person. Uh, and, and you're sitting there and, and dialoguing and opening scripture and praise God. Amen. That That's great. And yet discipleship happens in the context of community. And we see this in the context of a local church, but speaking of that of, of it's not just the one-on-one, but, but it's, it's others oriented, I think is what you said. So, right. I think you're right that oftentimes when we think of discipleship or mentoring someone, we think that one-on-one and that's, that's great. Uh, we all need that. We need that person in our lives, uh, the shoulder up with us to come alongside of us and mentor us and, and teach us what they know. But that, as you alluded to, that probably happens maybe once a week, maybe less than that. But more often, we have this osmosis of discipleship uh, from a corporate level. If you think about when you go to church on Sunday, you sit under the preached word. That in itself is discipleship. When you go to a Sunday school class and you, you sit under someone's teaching, that's discipleship. When you go to a Bible study, a life group, that all is discipleship. And those things happen more often in the course of a week than it does the one-on-one. So thing that we think of is essentially discipleship, but the thing that happens probably more often in a disciple's life, one who's following Jesus, who's a Christian, is that, that corporate or osmosis type of discipleship. And that fits in that definition that we're doing spiritual good to others by sitting together under the Word of God when someone is teaching that Word to us, when someone is encouraging us from that Word. So yeah, we, we think broader. And then we, we talked a little bit about the model last night, which I got from uh, John Muller. Jesus himself, if you think about all the disciples he had, and starting from the outside in, there was always this crowd that was following him. 
Uh, and then inside that, the next circle in would be the 72 that was sent out, that Jesus uh, empowered to go serve together two by two. And then inside of that is the 12, which we know them really well because most of the New Testament, Jesus is teaching to the crowd and then they're privy to, hey, Jesus, I don't understand what that means. And he teaches them. And this whole ministry of Jesus is really uh, around these 12. But we know from Scripture, the Gospels, that within those 12, there's even inner circles. There's the three, James, John, and Peter. And these are the guys that get to go see Jesus on the mountain transfiguration. Right. Like, what is going on up here? <laughs> and they're they're they don't respond uh, correctly, as we we know that in Scripture. But they have they're privy to more insider information from Jesus. And then inside the the three is the one John. Um, so we see that that one on one or that one on three, uh, but it gets broader. Like this this is people who you would uh, interact with maybe on a, on a bus ride to work, or maybe it's someone that you see um, that checks you out as you go through the line at your favorite grocery store, or the, the waitress or the waiter who's your server uh, to your favorite restaurant. Those people that you have interactions with that you could have some spiritual influence with, those could be more on the periphery of the 72 are the crowd. Those, that's where the osmosis happens. Like we can ask those questions and then we listen. Right. How are you doing today? Well, it's been a very terrible day. Well, what's going on, brother? And then we can respond if we listen. Yeah. I love, and in, 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 with all of what you're saying there of, of going back to that, that great commission, uh, those couple of verses there that, that, that go as you're going, as you're, going in that checkout line as you're going to get your coffee at, at wherever you go to talk to that barista that, that you do even in, in that sphere in your daily interactions, as you're going the emphasis on you're making, you're having these spiritual conversations you're doing, as you're saying, you're asking questions. There's this intentionality and obviously there's it's layered mm-hmm. and, and, and there's more intimacy there, which I love of when we talk about light bears, we talk about a light bears discipleship community. You, you mentioned that discipleship, or the life of a believer is that there is or shouldn't be uh, from a healthy perspective. There is no lone wolf believer that, that it, it happens in the context of community. And we see that in scripture, that discipleship sanctification, these means of grace uh, happen in the context of community. Now we light bearers, we're a parachurch. Mm-hmm. We're not the church. And so uh, speaking of that as, as far as really the emphasis of, of, and, and obviously we, go to the same church, members of a local church. You were a pastor at one point. But speaking of that, of why is discipleship really the, the, the main push of the local church? Well, as you think about parachurch, I think this is Jonathan Lehman. Uh, I forget exactly who it is that gives this illustration of a parachurch versus a church. A parachurch is um, the bridesmaid. Mm. And you think about what a bridesmaid does in a wedding. Their role is to make the bride look beautiful. Mm. So as a parachurch organization, we are recalled, I think biblically speaking, we can see there, if we take that in, uh, illustration, that we are to make the bride, the church, look good. And yes, we're doing the, um, we're in that role of discipleship. We're doing discipling, which scripture speaks to the local church has that role. They've given that authority. They're required to do that. We've 
we're saying we're going to come alongside you, church, That's and right. help in that. That's why we, when we sign up mentors to our students, we, we're getting people out of their local church. Because we're only one place and we have limited resources. A church could offer so much more to them from a bigger, larger community. So we want to support them in that and call them into, hey, you should be a member of local church. You should be doing discipleship within your own local church. You have opportunity to do that here. Uh, take advantage of it. Yeah, I love how, and and this is just a, a little bit of praise to Kevin, who, who's obviously been on the podcast before and thinking of our board and leadership of, of that. That's our role as a parachurch mm-hmm. is we want to uplift the local church of, of almost like an on-ramp. Uh, we, we want to, by God's grace, be a connector of students. We end, we're short. The, the, the highway, that, the, you know, we want to be an on-ramp to the highway, which is the church. That's where mm-hmm. your sanctification is going to take off. And, and that's where you're going to grow. This is the Lord's Lord's design, the, the, the church's role to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And I, I love that analogy, obviously, by, by, by Lehman, of the bridesmaid to the bride. We mm-hmm. want to help. We, we want to uplift and, and take a step back. And so e- even what we're doing at Light Bearers, of all these things that we're piecing together, what we don't want, which often happens, I think, in college ministries and various parachurches. And, and I'll be honest, this is a... To, share a little bit of my story. When I was in college, you know, I would say, Hey, I, I, um, uh, and this was at in Northeastern state in Oklahoma. I, um, I don't need to go to church because I went to PCM mm-hmm. on, on Thursday or, you know, I don't need to do this. I, I did, you know, I, I went to this Bible study with a couple guys, or I went to a, a worship night and, and really, I mean, and praise God now that the Lord has corrected that through proper discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, but really missing out on the beauty that is the local church. And so we as a ministry, as a discipleship ministry, no doubt, want to do a great job of connecting, as, as you're saying, Joe, getting mentors. If a student says, I'm from this church, well, let's find a mentor from that church. We want to get these pastors to come and teach and, and do all these things to uplift the local church and say, get involved, get involved. Uh, and, and even through discipleship, get them connected, be an on-ramp or a bridesmaid uh, kind of taking a step back to show that the grandeur that is the local church in the Lord's infinite wisdom, that the church is his manifold wisdom right. to the world, to the principalities. And who are we to think in our methods that we ultimately know better and can do better? And and so just to, to kind of clarify that for the podcast that that we love as a ministry, and this is me and Joe and Kevin and, and all who work for Lipers, we love the local church. We're for that. And in disciple making, we want to uplift that as much as possible. So let's backtrack a little bit. We talked about making disciples. Let's emphasize the why, the, the importance of, we talked a little bit about duty, but what's the drive and the motive to the why? You know, we emphasize the, the obedience of Matthew 28, calling us, Jesus saying, go make disciples. That's the command there. That's the obedience, the duty, if you will. But John ties uh, obedience to love or love to obedience. He says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. And this is what was uh, encouraging the readings and a good reminder from that book, Discipling by Mark Dever, is that we disciple out of obedience, out of duty, right? Yes, correct. But we also do it out of delight. That's right. Because God first loved us while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, and we know from 1 John four nineteen that we love because he first loved us. So we receive that love of God and we love him in return, we reciprocate that love. But we know the first 
and greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is alike, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. So if we say we love God, we're going to love our brother. We're going to love our neighbor. The why, the mandate is because we love. That's our delight. And really the duty becomes a delight. We, we want to love others. We want to share the gospel. We want them to follow Jesus. We want them to bear this image of Christ more and more in their life each day. So we do that out of love, but we, we know that, that we're called to that. We know we're wanting to make disciples by going across the street, across the block, across the world, teaching them the things that Jesus has commanded us, teach them all the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, this biblical theology that, that runs through all of scripture, that Jesus is the, the guy, that this is all wrapped around this person of Christ. And then we see them bear his image. We see them, you know, them follow Jesus even more. It's exciting. It's encouraging. Amen. So, so far we've, we've talked about what a disciple is biblically and, and, and using that definition we got from, from Dever's book, uh, Disciple Making, talked about what disciple making entails, and then just covered the, the desire, kind of the, the duty and delight. So funneling down more, kind of to the really practical, what does this look like? Give us some practical insight and tips on, on how to do this day to day. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's, uh, Gives us a fuller picture of what discipleship looks like. So what what does that look like? Discipleship at its core is teaching. You know, we want to come alongside someone and teach them the Bible. We want to teach them what Jesus has taught. We want to teach them the, the Old Testament, Old Testament prophets. We want to teach them Genesis and Exodus, all those things. So we want to use scripture to to teach. And we do that uh, with our words. But we also do that in modeling. The goal of discipling is to see people transform, which means it involves more than just reading a book. It involves us showing, demonstrating with our own lives. So we invite those we're mentoring into our lives, that they see our flaws, they see uh, the things that are happening. They know that we're a real person. It's more like uh, the picture of an apprentice or a personal trainer. An apprentice not only learns by listening, but they get in, they participate, they come alongside. Uh, so we need to do that as well uh, when we're thinking about discipleship. So we teach, we, we come alongside in a modeling. But at times, as you know, Brett, uh, when we are in those discipleship relationships, there's a time that we have to correct. We have to lovingly tell them that the things that you're thinking about doing or the things that you have chosen to do are not good for you. Uh, it's ruining uh, your witness as a, a, a believer, one who is following Christ, you, you have to consider what those things mean, not just for yourself, but for the body of Christ. Yeah, the, uh, from a modeling perspective, and I, I can't remember who, who said this quote, but, but they said, if we, we teach by our doctrine, we must live by our doctrine. Otherwise, we tear down with one hand what we build up with, with the other. And right. So that explanation of, of this discipleship is holistic. It involves everything. And I love what you're saying of, of hey, invite people in your home, let them see all of you. Uh, and, and they will be able to see, Hey, is, is this person living by the doctrine that they teach? And, uh, that's, that's important. That's a, that's a piece of disciple making. So, well, Joe, thanks. Uh, thanks for being here and, uh, we'll, we'll have you again. Thanks. Really enjoyed it. You've been listening to the light bears Institute podcast, a production of light bears ministries. For more information, visit lightbears.com. Visit lightbears.com.